This is TSFPN.com, the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. You found the best podcast in the universe. It's Thursday, April 19th, and you're listening to The Secrets. Welcome to this podcast of The Secrets, the podcast for anyone who is serious about writing. The Secrets home can be found at www.stormwolf.com. For the next 15 minutes, we'll talk about writing and how to get you even closer to seeing your name on the spine of a book. Welcome to a very special edition of The Secrets. I'm Michael A. Stackpole, a published novelist with 39 books to my credit. I'm also an award-winning podcaster and have been very interested in the effects of technology on publishing. It's both a very exciting time and a scary time to be a writer. The information revolution is having as profound an effect on what we do as the industrial revolution had on the lives of workers, and not all workers are adjusting well. This current podcast is outside the main series. I'll have the continuation of the 21 Days to a Novel series up soon, but an issue cropped up that I want to address very quickly. This is more of an editorial than a tutorial, so please bear with me. Learning about the business is part of learning to be a writer, so this is actually cogent and on topic, even if it's a bit askew from where we have been doing things. So don't worry about working on your novel right now. Just listen up. Dr. Howard V. Hendricks, the outgoing vice president of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America, also known as SIFWA or SFWA, had a live journal posted, uh, entry posted in which he explained why he was not going to run for president of the organization. Uh, vice presidents have a history of moving up, so his choice surprised some people. In his essay, he explained a lot of things and then launched into an attack on people who publish their work for free on the net. He said, I'm also opposed to the increasing presence in our organization of web scabs who post their creations on the net for free. A scab is someone who works for less than union wages or on non-union terms. More broadly, a scab is someone who feathers his own nest and advances his own career by undercutting the efforts of his fellow workers to gain better pay and working conditions for all. Webscabs claim they're just posting their books for free in an attempt to market and publicize them. But to my mind, they're undercutting those of us who aren't giving it away for free and are trying to get publishers to pay a better wage for our hard work. End quote. You may want to scroll back and listen to that again, because there's a lot there. I'll break it down, but let me give you some background on Dr. Hendricks. He was born in 1959, just two years after me, and has a PhD in English. He has six published novels to his credit. He also has written a book of crit or books of criticism and a book on gardening, as well as a number of short stories, which have appeared in a variety of anthologies. By his own admission, he's had a tough time with publishers, having two editors at his last publisher fired while they were handling him. It's a tough blow for anyone. His tirade against web scabs, as he calls them, is completely unjustified. Let's start with that term. He describes a scab as someone who feathers his own nest and advances his own career by undercutting the efforts of his fellow workers to gain better pay and working conditions for all. While it's nice that he acknowledges the union connections and origins of the word scab, he quickly passes that aside. Um, and I think, you know, no matter what your opinion are of uh, unions, you can see where scab certainly becomes a pejorative there, and he uses it in that method. This, however, begs a question. Is SIFWA a union? It most specifically is not. It's an organization of independent writers who have banded together to share information and pursue actions they could not do individually. SIFWA has many fine programs, and I've been a member since the late 1980s. I even served for a time on the Grievance Committee. 
While Sifwa has many SF and fantasy authors as members, it by no means has all of them. It does no collective bargaining, sets no minimum standards for pay, nor does it discipline any author for selling work at what others might consider below market prices. Dr. Hendricks suggests that writers like me, who've posted work on the web for free, or who have made work into podcasts like me, have somehow undercut the market and made it very difficult for writers like him to sell work for money. First, while Dr. Hendricks may well believe this, I have seen zero demographic data with which he can support this contention. Moreover, the collapse of the short story market began before the World Wide Web ever existed. The shrinking of the book market began in the late 1980s, and tax law and bookstore stocking policies have far more to do with what gets sold than any competition from the web. Bookstores and publishers are selling more copies of fewer titles, and if you're not one of the authors who gets promoted, you face lean times indeed. I will admit that I've never read any of Dr. Hendricks's work. Glancing at his titles on Amazon, it appears he writes hard science fiction, a market that's been shrinking for years. This makes maintaining a career tough even in the best of times. There may be another problem with his work. Publishers Weekly's review of his latest book, Spears of God, ends with the following quote. But the author goes into details about the scientific nuances of his concept at the expense of character development and pacing. Readers willing to wade through lists of government acronyms and thick scientific jargon explaining alternate reality meteor science will find the action picks up in the novel's last 50 pages. End quote. At best, the review damns the book with faint praise and perhaps gives us a clue as to why his sales may have dipped to unacceptable levels. But that has nothing to do with writers online giving their work away. And I do find it curious that Dr. Hendricks does tout a collection of short stories that came out from Scorpius Digital Books. Apparently the net isn't all bad if you're selling product, only if you're giving it away. So while he recognizes the value of the net as a way to sell product, he's remaining willfully ignorant of its power to market product. This is where I get excited about the net because there are lots of cool things going on. Books have not been marketed as entertainment by publishers. The way we get excited about entertainment, be it music or movies or television, is that we sample work. Then we go out and buy a CD or download songs or go to the theater or TiVo something. Sampling as a marketing strategy works very well and has for many years. Because publishers refuse to see this does not invalidate it as a strategy. Heck, the best marketing guy with sampling, and you see it now with David Blaine, well, way back in the 20s and 30s, was Harry Houdini. He would go out and give a public performance and then pack people into the stage shows. Sampling has always worked. You give them a taste, they come back and buy. The internet allows authors to provide samples of their work. It allows them to get readers and listeners excited about a story or some characters. The authors can give the stuff away or can ask for donations or can sell whole books when they've been printed or, as I do with my writing newsletter, also called The Secrets, distribute it in an electronic form by subscription. By doing my podcast about writing, I quadrupled my subscribers. So you don't need to sell me on the fact that sampling works. I can understand Dr. Hendricks's feelings. We've all had dreams die. It hurts, no doubt about it. And it's very easy to cast blame on the nearest or easiest target. But in blaming writers who share their work with others over the net for the collapse of his career, well, he's an asparagus farmer complaining that the winery down the road has free tastings. Well, Doc, the people going to tastings maybe just don't want asparagus. 
and you can bet the vintner is doing his best to find a way to sell them a bottle after pouring them a glass. But more fundamentally, who cares if someone wants to give something away for free? If you're a professional writer, you turn out stories people are willing to buy. If you can't provide a product they're willing to shell out cash for, that's not the fault of other folks who are. And, let's face it, it's the other writers in the professional community who are his competition. No one has ever walked into a bookstore, scanned the shelves, and decided, heck, I'm just going to go home and troll the net for fiction that's not professionally published or edited, taking my chances because I don't want to shell out six bucks for a paperback. Nope. They look at all the books. They pick the ones they want. If you have a bad cover or you just don't excite them, your book stays on the shelf and someone else's goes home. The writers and artists giving stuff away for free on the net have every right to do it, even if they're not doing it as a form of marketing. As long as they're having fun, who's to tell them they're hurting professionals in another field? No one. Heck, all writers start out doing it for free, sharing it with family and friends, before we ever get a paying gig. Does Mick Jagger complain about garage bands? Nope. Because the more folks listening to music means there's a greater chance that someone will listen to his music. If giving stuff away for free builds the reading audience, then web folk are doing all writers a great service. I think web folk, and especially podcasters, are also pioneering methods of reaching that audience that will significantly reshape and perhaps ultimately kill publishing as we know it. As ebook readers come online and services like Amazon.com start selling shorter work, publishers as brokers between writers and readers are going to become superfluous. Castigating those who are exploring the promise offered by new media is not only foolish, but a way to guarantee you'll be behind the technology curve forever. Perhaps the bottom line here is the most ironic. This screed against web scabs posted for free to the internet is likely to be the most widely read piece of writing Dr. Hendricks has ever turned out. I wonder if some freelancer for Publishers Weekly or Salon.com will consider Dr. Hendricks a web scab. This is Michael A. Stackpole for The Secrets. You can find out more about me and my work at www.stormwolf.com. My latest novel is Masters of War, and you can find it at the finer bookstores online or just down the road. I'll be back soon with another podcast about writing. This podcast is copyright 2007 by Michael A. Stackpole. A link to the essay by Dr. Hendricks is located in the ID3 tags for this podcast. <laughs>